So on this episode of Weekly Business Talk, the newly branded being at the top, but on Weekly Business Talk, episode one, we have Coach Michael Burt all the way from Nashville in the US. Um, basically what he calls a super coach. I would agree with that. Um, talking about sales, marketing, building confidence, the great asset to every single person. We talk about how we can become a person of interest and generate new and more opportunities and more leads into your business. Um, we talk about how to manage a busy schedule in a really, really unique, and first time I've actually heard of it, a schedule for entrepreneurs. So I love that. I'm sure you're going to love it. Get the notepads ready. This is Coach Michael Burt. This is not a podcast to just get you motivated and inspired. This podcast comes with the sole purpose to discuss strategies that we can all implement into our business right now that can increase how much money we earn. We'll hear from successful business people about marketing, sales, recruitment, training and mindset, the key principles to grow a business, make it recession-proof and thrive in today's business world. So, Coach, uh, first of all, welcome and thank you um, for joining us on Weekly Business Talk. Um, Of course, Weekly Business Talk, what we do here, Coach, is we just discuss everything business. Um, Sales, marketing, mindset, digital media, social media, everything we discuss, the ups, the downs. And so, I'm... Super, super appreciative that you're going to share some of your wisdom with us today. Uh, so thank you for that in advance. I have been a, an admirer and watcher of your content for some time. Mm. But you. for those people watching that don't know Coach Burt, two or three minute bio, Coach, you know, you fire away. Tell me who you are. Where did it all begin? Yeah, it all began in a very small town in Tennessee. I was raised by a single mother who had me when she was 16 years old. And I watched that woman scratch and claw for everything she had. So she instilled in me a very high prey drive, ability to get up and go get something. But at six years old, a little league baseball coach said to me, son, one of these days you're going to be a great coach. And I began to hear this over and over. At 15, my high school coach called me professor. And I began speaking as early as 15 and 16 because people saw potential in me. So I knew I was supposed to coach. At first, it was athletics. So I became a a head boys basketball coach at 18 years old. I then went to a big high school in Tennessee at 19. I was the head coach at 22. Uh, And we were doing unique things, Scott. We were teaching our players the seven habits of highly effective people the principles of good to great, five dysfunctions of teams. And because of that, we were building a real competitive intelligence in the players. And people began to ask me, what are you doing? What are you doing with the players, man? It was working. They could watch us play. And they say the chemistry is incredible. And so at 25 years old, I began writing books on how I was inner engineering people to win. Body, mind, heart, spirit. Knowledge, skill, desire, confidence, the whole person. And so when I started writing books, businesses began to, to call me and ask me to speak to their employees. Then they began to say, would you coach our people? And then at 31 years old, after building a, a championship program, I retired from athletic coaching to do nothing but coach entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, and really anybody that has a serious curiosity and interest in performing at a much higher frequency. 
Wow. Um, that's quite some journey. One thing I noticed, though, coaches, you mentioned always coaching. W- were you ever a basketball player? Did you play? Did you get to a certain level? How did that come about? Yes, I was a point guard. <laughs> if you ever see me in person, I'm a little guy. And, <laughs> uh, and I was a point guard, and I was thinking. I was always helping my teammates. I was always coaching and growing people. I was always analyzing. So my high school coach called me professor. And he always said to me, son, one of these days, you're going to be a great coach. One of these days, you're, I kept hearing that over and over and over. So, yes, I was a, I was a good basketball player that really uh, learned the game, and, but I was interested in how do I get my teammates to a higher frequency. Fantastic. Well, the, the real subject that I wanted to discuss, or a couple of subjects I wanted to discuss, and I want to just get right into it because one of the things, Coach, that we like to do on Weekly Business Talk um, – there's a lot of podcasts out there that uh, talk about the uh, the journey and the story of the person being interviewed. And although we are all for that, it's great to listen to. One of the things that we really like to provide our listeners, the majority are small and medium-sized UK business owners, but we like to provide them strategies, tactics that they can literally today, this evening or tomorrow implement into their business yeah. and um, as a result of that um, I'm a huge listener of podcasts all the time I listen to them any podcast honestly coach any podcast you've done I have listened to it um, and recently two of them stuck out to me okay. Um the um, I don't know why, but it just connected with me. I listened to it, I think, three times just to make sure it really sank in. Um, you call it your greatest asset. Uh, you wrote a book on it. I think the, the, the sort of uh, nickname you give it or its alternative ego you call it is swag. Yes. Um, but you wrote a book, was it six battle-tested strategies to maintain, protect your greatest asset or the great enabler? or the great disabler. But before I build it up anymore, you tell me what is it and yeah, talk to me about it. Okay, so I can tell you have listened because you know the the verbiage word for word, which really impresses me. Uh, So here's the concept. When I'm a high school basketball coach, I write down on a napkin or on a note one day, confidence is the one thing that affects everything. It is either the great enabler or it is the great disabler. It is your greatest asset or it is your greatest liability. And I, and I write down, a kid who has confidence will at least try anything. They'll try to do what I'm try, asking them to do. A kid who does not have confidence contracts, retreats. Confident people won't risk an opportunity. Insecure people move toward comfort and complacency. So just remember this. This is one of the best lines. When we're low on confidence – we always go back to when we're low in confidence. We always go back to old habits in new ways. Mm. We go back. We go back, man. That's why people that get married uh, and divorced typically go back and date somebody from the past. It's why when you when you have a breakdown in your life, you go back to somebody who you who know, you know will not reject you. Confidence is the main thing. Is the one thing that mm. affects everything. So in that book, Swag: Six Battle Tested Strategies, and for all the people listening, you can get that on Audible. Uh, that is a great book. I'm doing this with kids right now. I want to become the number one expert in the world for children on how to build, maintain, and protect their confidence. I, so I break it down to a science. Confidence is the memory of success. 
okay? It is the internal knowing that I can create or manifest anything that I see in my mind, even when you don't believe I can. That confidence comes through consistent, ongoing, systematic action. It comes through knowledge, skill, desire, okay? So when I'm coaching a person, I would tell you that the one thing most adults are lacking, confidence. Mm. They've led another person. Now, let me tell you, when you study self-actualization, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of, the, one of the greatest things that I would tell you when it comes to Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that one of the traits, there's like 13 to 15 traits of self-actualized people. One of the traits of self-actualized people is they are totally independent of the good opinion of other people, which means self-actualized people don't lose their confidence because of what you think about them. Now think about that and the number of people that when they get rejected, they shut down. When a person says something negative about them, they quit. Confidence can be built, it can be maintained, it can be protected, it can be gotten back. So I break it down in that book and that concept like it's a science. Fantastic. So, okay, so here we are, business owners, salespeople, marketing people, but ultimately running their own business, whether it's a one-man band or they're part of a, a company. You talk about, first of all, building it. Um, what are some of the, the simple steps to either one, see if you have the confidence needed, or two, if you don't, to actually start building that confidence. Okay. What are some things that people can actually do? All right, so I'm a very systematic coach, okay? Because I was a former championship women's basketball coach, I think in terms of systems, I think in terms of structures, I think in terms of this. So after 11 years of coaching small business owners, the very people you're talking about, I have determined that there are five big missing structures. Okay. The first big missing structure is most business owners do not have a compelling explanation of services. They do not explain their services in a world-class way, which places them in a commoditization trap. Okay. Like I was coaching a real estate team this morning and I'm like, you're not selling houses. You're selling a set of convictions. You're selling unique ability. You're selling unique experiences. You're selling unique outcomes. You're selling unique processes. But what you're not selling is houses because I can get a house anywhere. Okay, so, so the first step is how you explain what it is you have, okay? The second step is how do you generate leads? And we teach a legacy prospecting system that I developed. It's a very comprehensive prospecting system that puts you in different actions every day, drives up the probability of selling. We then teach you how to follow up appropriately through my book, Million Dollar Follow-Up, because most people fall off in the follow-up. We then teach you how to extract 5.7 referrals from every transaction. Those are four big missing structures every small business owner has. Now, the fifth one is from this concept called person of interest, which is how you become like the player in your space. Like in my area of, of Tennessee, if you came to Tennessee and you said, who's, the, who, you know, you came to my, my area where I live, you say, well, who's the best business coach in here? We dominate that. It's not even like we dominate this area, okay? Now I want to dominate regionally, super regionally, nationally, internationally. But my point is, how do you become a person of interest? So if I were coaching a small business owner, and I am coaching lots of small, matter of fact, I'm coaching about 700 small business owners right now. I'm taking them through these processes. World-class explanation service, generation of leads through selling system, million dollar follow-up, extraction of referrals, person of interest strategy. Then I'm layering on top of that, uh, how to market and brand and promote, how to, you know, basically month, how to deal with conflict, how, how, how to have a game changer concept. So what I'm doing is I'm teaching four or five big principles and then I'm layering on other concepts to take it deeper with them. 
So the, these principles that you're referring uh, referring to, um, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier on, in fact, it was possibly in one of the videos that I was listening before we got on the call about um, that constant training, becoming that expert. Do you think it is as, as simple as that? Am I, am I understanding that right, that becoming an expert through that training, that repetition, um, I, you know, that I think you, you've you made um, reference to in the past, is it long-term obedience to a certain thing? Um, yes. But is that what is required, first and foremost, for people, these business owners, to <laughs> ask themselves, am I dedicating myself to learning my craft inside out? Is that what I'm understanding yeah. right with you? Yes. When you hear me talk about, we were just talking in a marketing meeting about solving a single problem and having a message strong enough that solves a single problem. Like you are the foremost expert on this one thing. And then you have a message that repels some people, but attracts the right people. Right. And so what, what I'm, what I'm saying is yes, that business owner needs to get really clear about what single problem we solve for people. And how do we solve it better than anybody else? Now, if you study mastery, which I'm very much into, mastery is for a season, I do nothing but observe a master. I watch a master work five to seven years. Then I practice what I see the master do. Then over a long obedience in the same direction, I actually become a master. And other people want to be like me. <clears throat> I'm in this cycle now. I'm in my 11th year of coaching business owners. I spent a decade of coaching basketball players so i'm just now man scott i'm just now hitting my stride man i'm just now hitting hit hitting i just did an event with tim story this weekend in vero beach i did an event last month with tim grover these are world-class people who have been doing their deal for 20 to 30 years do you know how good they are at what it is they do because they've got a long obedience in the same direction that's the title of a book eugene peterson wrote that book it's a spiritual book, and uh, and but it's a great title. So I'm like, I'm not interested in cotton candy. I'm interested in mastery. So so yes, those business owners need to master their craft. They need to have a long obedience in the same direction. They need to know it's not going to come easy or cheap. It's going to come when you really work toward that. And 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 you mentioned cheap there. That is a a very good point. Um, you talk about Tim's story. Some of our listeners may not be familiar with some of uh, these names. Um, I, I don't believe there are UK household UK names. Yep. However, finding an expert, uh, you know, you talked about building confidence and some of the things we need to do, but then we talk about maintaining. Is being around those types of people that you made reference to or people of that nature, you know, high caliber experts within yeah. your field, is that part of the, the maintenance side of it? Being around these people to maintain your confidence and, and build on it as well? Now, here's what I would tell you. All of those people lose their confidence at some point. But I asked Grover when we did uh, the Relentless Retreat together, who was Michael Jordan's personal coach, personal strength coach for 15 years, Kobe Bryant's strength coach, Dwayne Wade. I mean, he's worked with the best people in the world. And I asked him, did big time people lose their confidence? And he said, many times they didn't lose their confidence, but they lost their focus. They were distracted away from something. So he said, it wasn't that they lost their confidence, but they got distracted off the, the dominant focus and that's really what affected it more than anything and and okay so someone losing focus 
what are some of the things that, that help us get back on track? Sure. Let me give you a few things. I'm, I'm a big believer in what I call retreating <clears throat> to attack. You see that I do these retreats. Absolutely. Some people don't like the word retreat. It doesn't matter to me what you call it. You can call it advance. You can call it reboot. You can call it mastermind. I, I really don't care. What I do believe in is regular renewal periods where you go hard and then you break, get away, get around other people, get rejuvenated and come home with a new mindset. Like I'm a different person now after going through the retreat with story. I was different after Grover. Like I was different after 10 X. I mean, I mean what I'm a big believer in is take a break from what it is you're doing. Cause there's three states of energy. Your, your stop, start in motion. Well, if we stay in motion all the time, we don't have a chance to stop and look at what's working and not working. Like I have tremendous clarity when I do this. So that's one of my strategies is I retreat to attack. And I typically do that monthly, but I don't just do it me, like go to vacation somewhere and sit around and do nothing and read books. Like I go get around big time people. We churn each other, we churn ideas, and I come back a better person than I did before. So that's a big strategy for me to stay in a high state. Think of energy like this, dynamic, static, entropic. I'm dynamic, on fire. I'm static, I'm stuck, I'm in tropic disintegration. I wanna remain in a dynamic state. A good coach will always keep you in a dynamic, a dynamic posture. Fantastic. And one thing you spoke about there, Coach, again, is um, being around these people and the financial element of it. There is other very well-known personalities, the online coaching, and they talk about the importance of investing. And not just your time, but I'm actually talking about finances as well. How important do you feel that is to get ahead in your business or in life to, to financially invest money in these things, retreats, academies, online academies, books, the, the resources that you'll know and what even all the listeners will know? How important is that to financially invest in those things? It's imperative. I mean, I mean people have act, we have access to information in today's world more than ever, but, but certain people have been there and done that. And learning from them and pay and, and listen, you, you got to pay to get in the game, man. I mean, you don't go watch a sports event and just for free, you got to get in to watch world-class performers perform. And that's what too many people don't do. Small business owners are notorious for saying, Oh, I can't do this. Oh, we can't do this. Oh, we can't learn that. While also simultaneously talking, well, we don't have enough money. Well, we don't, I'm like, well, those people have information that can show you how to make the money, okay? But you're never gonna find that information or get that information if you're not willing to invest yourself. Here's, a, here's an example I use a lot. When I go to airports, if I see a good book, I buy it. I don't care if the book's 30 bucks or 60 bucks, it doesn't matter. If I get one idea out of that book and I make a million more dollars in a year, is the book worth $30 or is it worth a million dollars? So my point to people is, you, the way you're looking at this is all wrong. Like like. Like get out of return on investment. Okay, I read this book and I go make $3. Get into return on objective. This book is gonna give me information I don't have. Now, it may not make $3 initially, but five years from today, it may make $3 million for me. So I'm a big believer in constant reinvestment in yourself, getting back. I'm in courses right now. I'm getting coached. I'm looking at going to, to something coming up where I'm getting, I'm, I'm constantly investing in coaching and learning and growth and understanding. I mean, it's it's just a, it's an imperative. I mean, people that don't do this, they stay stuck. Such a, it's such a, uh, 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 
cheap paradigm to think like that. You know, don't be cheap in your thoughts. That's what I tell people. Don't be cheap in your thoughts. You mentioned there, Coach, that you yourself are actually being coached right now. And I know we're on the topic of confidence, but just a slight sidestep. Um, How would, because coaching and being around certain people are a huge element of it, it's a big, big part of it, how should people actually choose their coach? I mean, is there a formula? Is there something you should look for? I'll I'll be frank, the reason I contacted you, Coach, uh, is because... um, there is, I can tell just by your material, you know, there's a lot of great people out there doing great things, but I don't know if I believe in some of their uh, beliefs. Yeah. Uh, great coach, great sales techniques, great uh, great product and offerings, but I don't know if I believe in them. I had the complete opposite with yourself. Yeah. Uh, where I did believe in it and I thought, you know, this person seems a good person as well as having great material. Right. But how, how should you pick people? Is there any tips that you would give people? Yes, I think it's very important. Uh, two things I would tell you. One, that you have an affinity with the person that is coaching you. And you said the right thing. Do you and I line up on what we believe? People do business with other people that believe the same things they do. Okay. And, and there's a lot of coaches out there in today's world that you get a feeling, an intuitive feeling about. Like, I don't, I don't line up with that person. I don't line up with what he believes. It's not that his stuff's not good. It's not that I can't learn something from him, but but I don't know that I want to be coached by that person. It's very important who, who, who pours into your life, right? It's very important who you're getting your information from. So one, you need to have an affinity with the person coaching you, whether it be online, in person, doesn't matter. You need to, you need to believe the same things they do. Number two, you need to look at the demonstrated capacity of the person that's coaching you. What have they done in their life? What are they modeling? Like what kind of successes have they had, right? Like you don't want to go to a, to a, a doctor that smokes. You don't want to go to a broke financial advisor. You don't want to, I mean, you, you, you want to go to people who, who have done something in the world, who, who have achieved something. You know, for me, I tell people I, as a women's basketball coach, I won a championship. I built a championship culture. It took me 10 years to build it. Then I've built a multi-million dollar coaching business. I also own millions of dollars of real estate. I mean, I've gone from a high school basketball coach to a millionaire, you know, and and I did it mainly just, Scott, through just work, just just work and being a good person and coaching people. And, you know, are there people out there that earn at higher levels than me? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think in my space, I have a, a unique ability to come in and really coach the whole person, the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit, and do it in an authentic way. That, that people know that I care about them as people, the people I'm coaching. They're not a transaction to me. I'm not just selling them a product. Like I have an intention to really get them to a higher frequency. That's where I get joy. That's beyond, beyond everything else. I just get that. That feeds my spirit to be able to do that. Fantastic. Um, well, let me, I'm going to come on to, you just showed us the book, Person of Interest. Um, I want to come on to Person of Interest because, again, that was the second podcast recently that just grabbed me. And, and, and I've, I've been aware of Person of Interest for so long. Yes. But just before we jump on to that, Coach, just summarise for me maybe the, the, the sort of four or five things in terms of confidence that, 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 that the, the listeners need to be, you know, if they're going to write something down, what are the five things, just very, you know, high-level summary, what are the five things that they need to th- say, you know, get around certain people? What would you say to them? Summarise five things for me if you can. To be a person of interest? 
to be, you know, for the confidence element side of it. Just to summarize confidence, how do we build it? How do we maintain it? All right, great. So when you're thinking about building confidence, I want you to think about this. There's several things that build a person's confidence. Repetition builds a person's confidence. Uh, <clears throat> preparation builds a person's confidence. More information builds a person's confidence. Uh, how you handle uh, setback and adversity uh, builds a person's confidence. Who you associate with builds a person's confidence. Okay, so when I'm around big time people, world class people, Grover, Story, whoever it is, my confidence is up because they are so good at making you believe that you are a major player. Like they're world class at this, right? And the good ones believe it. They're not just telling you that. So confidence has a lot to do with environments. I mean, imagine being confident all day and going home and getting beat up uh, emotionally by your significant other at night. Imagine being confident in one area of your life and not confident in another. So I, as Covey used to say, success in one role doesn't justify failure in another role. Okay. So, 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 so I want you to think confidence is like diversification. I need to diversify my confidence. I don't need to put it in one bucket. <clears throat> like I need to have confidence in my body. I need to have confidence in my mind. I need to have confidence in my heart. I need to have confidence in my spirit. I need to have confidence in my relationships. I need to have confidence in my vocation. I need to have confidence, excuse me, in my friends. Like confidence needs to be diversified. You never, I'm gonna make a strong point here, so don't miss this if you're listening to this podcast. Never put all of your confidence in one bucket. And I see too many people do this. Workaholics put all their confidence in work. If work's not going good, whole life's a wreck. Some of uh, many people I know in the United States put, put all of their confidence in another person. Like how my wife feels about me matter how my how my kids feel about me and it, that is important but what if they don't feel what if they don't feel good about you today like like you need to build confidence in multiple dimensions it's like diversifying your money you know if you diversify your money you need to diversify your confidence so you build it through these actions that you take i build confidence through daily consistent actions daily routines daily habits daily selling system daily follow-up uh daily working out daily showing up every day excuse me so i build confidence by consistency and the more consistent i am the more times i do it the more confident i become right that's how i build confidence now when you lose it and you will you typically lose it because you gave it to, you gave it up to somebody else you took your destiny and you put it in somebody else's hands and that was your mistake or you listen to the good opinion of other people you know, the brain focuses three times more on negative than it does on positive. That's what the brain focuses on. So, so I may go through a day and have a hundred positive things happen and one negative thing happen and the brain will focus on that one negative thing and it'll hurt your confidence. And you forget, like you forget all the things that you're doing, all of the great things that you're doing, all the progress you're making, all the qualitative things that are happening, like, like you're really crushing it. You just forget because you're focused on that one negative thing, right? And you got to tell your brain, you, you don't let your brain tell you what to do. You got to tell it, this is what's going to happen today. Okay. So that's how I would tell you when it comes to confidence about building confidence. Take control. I, that absolutely, I totally agree with that there. Now, uh, you showed us the book, Becoming a Person of Interest. Um, yeah, I mean, what is a person of interest and how do we become a person of interest? Great question. I want you to think of a person of interest as you're not a man in the field, you are the man, okay? You're not a yeah. woman in the field, you are the woman, okay? Now, person of interest is like, okay, I'm in this space, and 
I'm dominating this space. Like everybody knows who I am. The concept of being famous is well-known, celebrated, renowned. So, but, but the key is I don't want to go out there just to be famous for the sake of being famous. Like I want to create something. I want to build something. I want to start something. I want to, I want to live a fascinating life. I want to hang around fascinating people. I want to go to fascinating places. I want to do fascinating things, which is why I'm so focused on constantly creating new things. Greatness factories, greatness factories for kids. I'm never satisfied with just stagnation because I, I think people of interest are transformational people. I think they're in the transformation business. So people of interest have characteristics. They have ingredients, knowledge, impeccable knowledge, incredible skill, uh, contagious confidence, um, uh, incredible effort, high likability and energy, deep connectivity, strong networks, like people of interest have ingredients. And here's what happens when you're around those people, you want more of them. You want a piece of them, right? Like the subtitle of the book is how to become a person other people want a piece of and cannot live without. You're not a nice to have, you're a must have. That's personal interest. And, and so what are some of the practical things that people can do to start to become a person of interest? When you're thinking about becoming a POI, I start in the book, I show you a, 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 a diagram, a schematic. And I show you these ingredients and I really ask you, where do you think you're missing? Are you missing knowledge? Are you missing skill? Are you missing desire? Are you missing confidence? Are you missing likability? Are you missing networks? Like, like I want you to diagnose and go, oh, these are the three things I'm missing. And if you're missing these things, the likelihood of you becoming a person of interest is very thin unless you have a very strong dominant feature, like your knowledge is just incredible. You're a freak of nature in this one concept. I really see most people of interest have a lot of those ingredients. They don't have one ingredient. Yeah. They, got, they got almost all seven. I, I think you did mention that when you were talking about becoming a person of interest. Now, we don't necessarily need to mention the person's name, but you said this person had knowledge, uh, they, they had skill, but they weren't so the likability aspect of them. They, they, were, they, were, they were okay. But they, you know, it wasn't standing out. Is that right? When you said you went to see a, a, a training session? Yeah, I think when I'm talking to a person, because I have this paradigm of these seven areas, I can pretty much diagnose like where their missing structure is. I'm like, man, this dude is incredibly knowledgeable, but he doesn't have any confidence, or he's incredibly confident, but he don't really have any knowledge, <laughs> or yeah. or he's incredibly skilled, but he don't have any desire, or he's got desire, but he doesn't have likability. Or you, you follow what I'm saying? Like this Absolutely. gives me the ability to diagnose a missing structure at the personal level. Like what is this person missing personally? And and, and I can go to I can go to work on helping them there. And what, what would be some of those things then? How how would you develop I mean, is it easy enough to say if something's skill wasn't to where it was just you know let's read more books do more training or uh, after confidence we spoke about confidence earlier on there that you know work on some techniques there but what are some of the ways in which you would actually improve them that you would go to work on them to help them with becoming a person of interest well the first thing i want to do is bring in awareness like why do we want to become people of interest like like when we become people of interest we don't chase opportunity opportunity chases us like when we become more valuable the market sees us as more valuable like, like the reason you need to understand why you want to be a person of interest for the impact, for the opportunity, for the lives you're going to affect. Like that's why you want to become a person of interest. Some people have a desire to be famous. They want to become known in the world. 
well, I want to become known, but known for something, known for creating something, known for bringing something new to the equation, known for being a great coach that people needed, known. So, so you got to get clear on why you want to be a person of interest. Then you need to go to work on the, the seven characteristics of people of interest. Then you need to really understand that people of I've never met a lazy person of interest. You know, now my buddy Brad Lee said he has met lazy people of interest, but I would tell him I haven't met lazy people. The people that I know that are people of interest work hard. They work hard to be people of interest. They do things they don't want to do. They go to places they don't want to go. They, they, they circulate amongst the world. Like, like, like that's part of being a person of interest is you're never stagnant. You're moving, you're shaking, you're coming up with new stuff. You're going, you're doing like, right. You're active. You're, you're an active participant in your bigger future. And, and I think and you talked about you know, at the end of the day um, in business we must produce sales um, unfortunately without it we are uh, well we're not a lot of things but we're, we're certainly not making money um, being a person of interest does it directly help with lead generation because I know a lot of our listeners are always always asking how do we we want to speak to someone that can help us generate more sales does becoming a person of in, uh, interest do that Yes, people of interest sell concepts. People of interest create unique concepts that other people are attracted to. They solve major problems in the world. You know, they're buyers versus sellers. So think of people of interest that see a big problem and go to work on solving that big problem. They, they don't sit on the sideline and talk about solving the problem. Like they get in the game. Stuff we're doing for kids right now, everybody complains about it. Kids, they don't have this, they're not tough enough, they're not as disciplined as they used to be. Very few people are actually doing anything about it other than saying the schools are broken. Like we created a kids academy, interactive academy. We're creating greatness factories for kids. We're doing things for kids like like that's we're not just talking about the problem. We're doing something about the problem. That's what people of interest do. People of interest step in and do something. So and I think other people are like, whoa, they're always doing something. They're always involved in something. Yes, they are because they're trying to move the ball down the field. That's what people of interest are doing. And that's an interesting one because is there a danger though that we're always creating but yet we're forgetting, you know, we're diluting the quality of what we're doing? Is that not a danger? Is there something we have to do to be aware of that or do we just go with that and, 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 and work out the problems later on? I think a lot of people do create things that's not very good. I think, I think when you have that long obedience in the same direction that I was talking about, you become really good at what you do. And you, when you become world-class at what you do, you begin to impact people at much deeper levels. And when you impact people at much deeper levels, then, then, um, then what's happening is our people are starting to see you in a certain way and associate your brand with certain things. But there are a lot of people that they got energy, but they don't have any substance. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the sizzle, but they don't have a steak, man. And I and I think I'm interested in people that's got both the energy with the substance. And by the way, if someone notices that within themselves, that they've got a lot of front, but not a lot to back up, can that be fixed? In some people, yes. In some people, it can. Right. If they want, what, what, if they want to fix it, if they want to fix it, yeah, of course. If they want to fix it, but um, but some people have sold themselves on quick fixes easy outcomes, uh, get rich quick. They, they've sold themselves that there's an easier way. They don't want to do the work. There is no uh, wealth without work. There is the, so, so to me, there's lots of people that want to go that route. I understand it's easier. It's easier, but I have very seldom. The process must be paid. 
uh, the price must be paid and the process must be followed. Like there are no shortcuts to being great, man. That, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that there. And that is a, a very, very good point there. Now, on that, if we can, I think we've got some time on it. Um, a man with uh, you sort of as much as you've got going on, we spoke about it just very briefly um, about um, your calendar and your schedule and how you manage everything apart from having a very understanding spouse. Mm. Because that's something, Coach, that I've always struggled with um, is balancing. And I don't mean balancing work life and home life. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is that prioritizing certain tasks that are important within the business. What should I do? What should I you know, pass out to someone else to do? How do you manage to successfully run your real estate division, your coaching business, fly around the country coaching different people from kids to adults to corporates? How do you manage that? You know, is there certain tactics? Because I know I'm always looking for ways to maximize and improve my sort of process day to day. Is there any sort of tips you can do on that? Yeah, I use what's called an entrepreneurial time system, which means I do not recognize uh, a bureaucratic time system. I do not recognize uh, this, 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 the days of the week. The way I see it is I have 365 days in a year of which I get to choose what I do with those days. So you don't finish early on a Friday? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't recognize, I don't, I don't recognize. So in an entrepreneurial time system, I learned this from Dan Sullivan. Uh, there are three types of days. There is a uh, off day and I do believe in one day off per week. That's typically Saturday for me where I just been completely rejuvenating with my family. I'm away. Uh, I do believe in buffer days, which are backstage days where I'm preparing. I'm planning strategy creation, but I'm not client interfacing. And then I have on stage days or performance days. That is when I'm in front of a client, coaching, teaching. Now, if I had 365 days in front of clients, it would be the equivalent of a performer singing 365 nights a year. They couldn't do it. See, if you look at performers and athletes, entertainers, they rest, they practice, they perform. They rest, they practice, they perform. So to get in a good rhythm, I rest, I practice, and I perform like, like today I'm in my office. I'm wearing something comfortable. I've been doing interviews all day today. I haven't had a lot of interaction with clients, not a lot of coaching, but I'm here in my home, home city. Tonight I get on a plane tomorrow. I'll be performing. I'm speaking Wednesday. I'm performing. I'm speaking Thursday. I'm speaking at a big real estate conference. I'm performing Friday. I have a buffer day with no, no clients, just travel Saturday. I'm off. So what I do is my schedule is set up like an entertainer. Now, it is true that I do a lot more coaching than most coaches. I may do three or four events in a day where most coaches do one event and they go home or two a week. And that can be taxing emotionally. So I'm really big on getting my energy to a very high level, which is why I go to the Holtzy Health and Wellness Center in Houston, Texas. I'm on a certain vitamin regimen. I'm on certain, um, you know, I don't believe in pharmaceutical drugs, but I'm on certain regimens to keep my energy really high so that I can perform at a very high level. But I see myself as an entertainer. I rest, I practice, I play. Now when I play, I want to be good. And when, what I mean is I want to be impactful. I want to change the game for a person. So that has a lot to do with training my staff to understand the rhythm and cadence that I need and the space that I need. You understand what I'm saying? And, and the, emotion tax, that, yeah. the emotional tax on me of, of just having so many things to do and, and impact the people because sometimes in life you got to slow down and speed up 
And with our particular clients, they're expecting us to move the needle in their life. So uh, you can't transact that. You, you know, you, you got to really slow down sometimes to, to, to go deeper with the person. Excellent. And this is absolutely a, a, a selfish question here. You mentioned there about uh, training staff. How much emphasis do you put on training staff? How how often you know train them? Do you just train them? Do you train them together? Do you train them on a specific thing, or is it uh, kind of general to everybody? How do you go about? Okay, great question. We train every day. I believe training is not something you did; it's something you do. Uh, we have an eight thirty every morning meeting and a twelve thirty, and those are coaching sessions. When I'm in town, I I coach my team. This morning, I was coaching my team on how to find their voice, their unique voice in life. I was also coaching them on how we make people feel because it's very important to me that we make people feel important. And then at lunch, we were talking marketing strategy, what's the message. My team also trains on my online academy, the Monster Growth System. There's operation material in there. There's sales material in there. So when I'm not here, they train X number of times per week on that. So we train. We could train more. And we could train better. And I do believe that Bradley's right about this. Good training has four components to it. Great content, repetition, role play, and testing. And I don't think we test enough. I don't think we role play enough. Um, but, we, but we are trying to train our people every day uh, in some form or fashion to get better. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a – and I think actually that, uh, for me, being like I said, it's been a selfie uh, – question and that's why I ask about your diary management and how you manage to you know physically do what you do is because I think also well I think Bradley talks about a lot of organizations that do not treat training uh, and, and, the, and the sort of high importance that it is because I know that we train um, but we don't it's not some it's something we did it's not something we do yeah. uh, so that's why I asked that question do you see that being quite a common problem uh, across organizations yeah, most organizations don't have a training program they got an exposure program where they expose people to concepts or oh we're going to go learn from coach Burt one day you know listen it's hard for me to change your deal in one day man I mean I, I get it you can be inspired in a day you can learn something in a day but, but it really needs to be ongoing systematic repetition through good content with repetition and role play if you really want to change the behavior. Fantastic, fantastic coach. You know, as I said to you at the very outset, what we like to do is we like to get down to the strategies, the tactics, and I believe that's absolutely what we've done. If any of our listeners are interested to find out more about Coach Burt, you know, I know you have online learning platforms. Where can we find you? Right. What more can you offer us? Right. For all the people um, that are out there listening, you know, to get better. I do have a, a very aggressive uh, online academy called Monster Growth Academy, which is me coaching. It's updated weekly with new content. It has got all of the best information that I'm coaching on, whether it be the Monster Producer Coaching Program, which is an entrepreneurial small business coaching program. And there's five levels of that that, I, that you have in the online academy. All of my selling systems are in there. My goal is to get you a 43% increase in a one-year cycle. So, so the online Monster Growth Academy is one place for business owners all over the world to get. Uh, and they can get that at my website at coachbert.com. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Michael Burt. Search Coach Michael Burt. Follow me on YouTube. I put out thousands of videos on YouTube for people to watch me and create content. 
But anywhere you search Coach Michael Burt, we can help you either in a live coaching program, a simulcast coaching program, online coaching academy, or me coming in and working directly, speaking or coaching your team. Or, of course, if you're in the States and you look at your calendar, there is more than one opportunity to go and listen to you live, of course. Uh, you're doing a ton of speaking events. Yes, I speak all over the country. Like I said, this week I'm speaking in multiple events. And when we see those people, we have an offer. They can get in my online academy. They can get me person. You know, we're working with people for me to come in and train all of their people. So there's some contracts I have where I'm in, I'm the coach of the company and I'm coaching all of their people and I'm going to their company. They're putting all their people in rooms and I'm coming in and coaching them throughout an entire day. Fantastic. Well, Coach, as I said at the outset, I am so grateful for you spending this time. I am a huge fan, as I mentioned to you, and we will certainly be doing some further discussions on your material and your concepts and what we've discussed today. So thank you once again uh, for coming on Weekly Business Talk. I, I hope you've enjoyed it, uh, but I do appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate your enthusiasm and your energy, and thank you for following me on uh, – I've been watching you on Instagram for a while, right? And I'm Can like, you- I like that. I like that dude, you know. So thank you, thank you for having me, and I hope this has been good for your uh, for your business owners. I'd love to help them in any way. We believe everybody needs a good coach in life. We believe a good coach can change your whole life, uh, and we want to make you into a legendary creature that dominates. Okay, folks, so there we have it, Coach Michael. But I hope you enjoyed it. I've certainly got. I mean, I can't wait to watch this back and actually dissect the information that Coach actually provided. Um. Some really interesting, I mean, I love the entrepreneurial schedule. That's one that I'm going to reflect. I've always spoke about reflection and how important it is to, on a daily or weekly basis, I would suggest being busy people, busy business people, you do it on a weekly basis, writing things down and then reflecting back on it. In fact, Coach actually talks about that, you know, getting a day where you can, you know, come up with strategy and, and sort of recharge the batteries and, and get focused on your key tasks and get ready to go at it again. That entrepreneurial schedule is one that I will certainly be thinking about. Can I implement that into my diet? Can, can I make that my way of doing business? So I love that. Confidence, right? It's it's one that we all need to have. It's, it's something that is... As I say, it's even even first class or, or top. I mean, coach has been speaking to the men or the man that used to train Kobe Bryant or currently, yeah, used to train Kobe Bryant. I don't think Kobe is actually ba- playing basketball anymore. I could be wrong on that. But uh, the strength and conditioning coach um, and also Michael Jordan. I mean, it's incredible there. But what he said was is that they never actually sort of um, lost their confidence but what they've done is they lost their focus. That, to me, is a hugely important thing. Hugely important thing. Something, again, I'll be reflecting on and thinking about. Is it a case of that we think we've lost our confidence, but actually we've just lost our focus? But the sheer act of us thinking about losing our confidence is actually dragging us down. And uh, and subsequently, we actually do lose our confidence. So make sure we catch ourselves before we fall into that trap. Um, but confidence is critical. It really is critical. I mean, I think I always speak about things that are business critical, selling being one. I think right at the back of it, confidence is one of those business critical things, those business critical assets that we need to make sure that we maintain. Um, So what are the strategies? Well, you just heard it from the man there. 
So let's try and implement some of these strategies here, working on our knowledge, making sure that we come up with a, a, a sort of a training program that we are sort of and are consistently obedient to it, and making sure we're extracting information from all areas and we're really taking it in. You know, like a sponge, take all that information in. Are you associating yourselves with the right people? That one there was a big one for me. You know, are we, am I surrounding myself with high-level performers, top, top business people? Because as Coach said there, when he finds himself surrounded with those people, he himself feels like he's elevating to a whole new level. So, like I said, confidence, becoming a person of interest. I loved that episode. Um, I wanted to make sure that when we kick off weekly business talk, that we're sticking to strategies. I don't want to get caught up in the stories. And I want to get things where you can literally go, aha, that is a great technique. That is a great thing that I can implement. That is a strategy that I can train my people on. And that's why I try to keep it short and concise. It'll be interesting to see if you like the new format where we don't go around the story and go around the houses and, and, and do the hour and a half podcast but that we get to the techniques, the strategies, the things that will instantly have an impact in your business. So, for episode one, I think it was brilliant. Let me know in the sort of, uh, you know, when you when you leave a comment and leave a, a review of the podcast, let me know what you think. Drop us an email, scott uh, at scottyourt.co.uk. Um, but thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Um, and all the show notes, if you want to you know, link up and connect with Coach and see his products and his books, we'll, we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. But once again, thank you. We'll see you on the next episode of Weekly Business Talk.